Wow. Well, good morning. Um, well, it's going to be kind of hard to stick to the script <laughs> after the worship this morning. God's doing some amazing things in here. and God's doing some, some pretty amazing things this morning. And so I kept thinking, man, should I trail off on this or that? There's so many things God was saying that I, I could see myself going off on a couple different tangents because um, God's really doing some amazing stuff in this church. And I, and I can just sense it now. For us, for me personally, and for us as a family, this moment is a real exciting time for me. And just to say, it's every missionary's dream to have a friend and a pastor stand up and say just what Steve said, that we're not just missionaries out there, that we're an extension of the family, that we're part of the family that just happens to be over in Scotland. And I can't tell you how much that blesses me to hear him say that. And, and to hear Graham and Cy say that when they were over with us in Scotland a few few weeks ago. Um, and I can't tell you how jealous <laughs> some of our friends are when, 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 they, when they hear that and when, when they heard Graham and Cy. Because this is what we've longed for. And so I, I just felt like today is our chance. We've, you know, we've known Steve and Randall for quite a while, for, for several years. And... Um, about three years ago, we came back to the States. We've been in Scotland for about 12 years. Um, we worked with a ministry called Youth with a Mission. And we'd been over there about nine years and felt like it was kind of time to come back and reconnect. Just reconnect with our families, with, with America. And we've come back periodically, but this time we came back for a year. And, of course, God always surprises you in these things. You have ideas of, of some of the things that are going to happen um, when, you, when you set a year apart like that. But one of the things we didn't anticipate was just this connection that God gave us, this kind of reconnection with Steve and the connection with Vintage. And I remember when we came back, um, <clears throat> I needed a place just out of the house to kind of sit and work and process and do some of the things I was doing. And so Steve invited me and he said, look, I've got an office. There's plenty of space there. You can come over and work there. And it was through that that Steve then invited me, you know, to come along to some of the prayer meetings, the morning prayer meetings. And um, so pretty much every week, I can't remember what day it was on, Tuesday mornings, we would, we would get together and pray, and a few others would come as well. But, man, God really started to connect my heart and my spirit with what he's doing here in Vintage. And he began to give me an incredible sense of faith of what he's going to do. And I had, I was, it was so easy for me to pray because I just felt like God opened the eyes of my spirit and gave me a picture of what he's doing with this church. And, and I'm an intercessor. One of the things God's really developed in me is, is intercession. And, and probably at my core, one of my heart passions is intercession. And so when I began to connect with what God was doing here at Vintage, man, it was exciting. And, and... It was so easy to pray into that. And so we were here for a year and, and prayed with Steve and, and, and went to the church and connected with some of you, um, probably more of you we haven't connected with, and that's, that's one reason why we're here. But it was after we went back to the States, and Steve um, emailed me one day and said, like, they felt that Vintage 
um, that, that we were to be missionaries out of Vintage Church. And they wanted to invite us to become part of the family of, of Vintage. And it was just such a blessing to us to have this connection. Because what, what the vision of God's doing here and some of the things of community transformation and, and, and just Stephen Randall and their, their passion and, and what we've known of the people that are coming here is so much in line with our heart. Again, that's another dream of any missionary is to have a church that they're connected with that you're right on the same page. And for about nine years, we didn't have that. We didn't necessarily have... Um, we're also connected with Riverstone, but that was even reconnected a few years ago. But up till that point, we didn't have a church that we were on the same page with. We went out, but um, we didn't have that place where we could just come and share with somebody and they knew exactly what we were doing, what we were talking about. So all that to say... What I want to do this morning is just kind of let you get a glimpse into our heart and, and hopefully let some of my passion for Scotland just bubble over um, onto you guys so that you, can, so that you can really lay hold of what God's doing there. Because I believe that we're in a moment in time in Scotland that's, that's phenomenal. God, we're in a period of time where we literally have the opportunity to redirect the spiritual direction, and, and to refocus Scotland back onto its spiritual heritage. And so a little bit of what I'm going to talk about is our spiritual destiny. And I'm going to speak specifically about Scotland has a spiritual destiny in the nations. But as I'm talking about Scotland, I want you to, I want you to be thinking each one of us has a spiritual destiny. God didn't just create us to, to hopefully become Christians and live a, live a better life. God created us to bring the kingdom of God and establish it here on earth. God created us to be naturally supernatural. Uh, you know, my hope is that in a couple years when we come back, I love it, you started out with a testimony of healing. My hope is when, when we come back in a few years, Steve won't even need to get up and preach because you're going to have a whole host of testimonies of God doing things that only God can do and doing them through us, through weak, fallible people like us. You know, I was reminded as you were sharing the testimony. There's a guy in the Bible that, that's called a man after God's own heart. It's David. And, and <laughs> he didn't get it all right. If, if, you, if you read his story without knowing that God called him a man after God's own heart, you would never apply that label to him necessarily because he really messed up. But God knew his heart and his passion. And when he failed, and then when God did something miraculous in his life, it drove him to God. He said, man, I want to get my life straight. It didn't give him the license to say, oh, man, God loves me, so I can just go out and keep doing what I'm doing. And I know that's what's going to happen with you. God did a miracle in your life. And I can see it in your heart. Your response is, I want to give him everything. Man, what the heck was I doing with my life? Why was I wasting any little portion of my life? on anything else but pursuing God. And that's why he does these amazing things in our life. Because he loves us that much and he just wants to draw us in. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to look through here and see how I'm going to do this. Because <laughs> there's no way I'm going to say it all. Um, because I have, I have something I want to give you guys as well at the end. So I'm going to rush through some of the stuff I wanted to say because I want to have time to give this church um, a couple gifts that, that I hope are, are even going to serve that much more to link us, to link us together. So I'm just going to jump right in with a couple thoughts on, on why we're in Scotland. One of the big questions 
we had when we went to Scotland. Why Scotland? There's so many other places in the world that are in so much need. Why go to Scotland? The same time we went to Scotland, our friend Tammy Hutchins, some of you guys probably know, goes to India. Okay, that's real missions. That's, that's hard. That's, you know, <laughs> that's what a missionary does, right? And, and God calls us to Scotland. And I wrestled with it. Lord, why Scotland? And it's not the most needy place on earth. Spiritually, it's pretty needy. But there's a whole lot of other places that are even more spiritually needy. So, God, why would you send us to Scotland? We were willing to go just about anywhere, I think. Well, what we started to discover is, as I looked at Scotland and researched the spiritual history of Scotland, spiritual heritage of Scotland, is that Scotland is a pivotal nation on the planet. And when God does something in Scotland, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have impact across the nations. And when I was asking God, God, why Scotland? Why not here and there? God said, if you want to touch those nations, go to Scotland. Because I'm going to raise up an army in Scotland that's going to go out to the nations. He's probably going to do it with other nations too. I don't know if you realize, Scotland at one point in its history was the greatest missionary sending nation in the world. It's phenomenal the number of missionaries that came out of there and and the quality, the things that those guys accomplished. Scotland has the greatest history of, of revival of any nation in the world. I'm talking about sovereign, supernatural moves of God that would blow your mind. In Scotland, there's books and books and books written on revivals that have taken place in Scotland. Scotland is, is, is one, of the, one of the kind of primary foundations of the Reformation, of the Protestant Reformation. If it wasn't for John Knox and some of those guys, we might not be sitting here today because they stood for grace instead of works. That what Steve was talking about. We live by grace. We don't live by works. These guys established it. Um, uh, what are some of the other things? Martyrs. You read through the Fox's Book of Martyrs, a good chunk of those guys are from Scotland. I don't know why. But kind of like Israel, they didn't do anything to merit it or earn it. Just for whatever reason, God chose Israel as a nation that he wanted to bless them and use them. And for some reason, on a different scale and on a different level, but God has chosen Scotland and used that nation and gave them a spiritual destiny um, that's incredible. They haven't earned it. They haven't deserved it. You know, the nation probably looks at themselves and says, God, why? Why do we have this amazing history of revival? Why do we... Why, why did so many martyrs come from us? You know, why, why um, did so many missionaries come out of Scotland? And I don't know, except that God chose to set his heart on Scotland and to use Scotland in this way. Um, let me just give you a, a quick picture, because it's kind of fun to see how Scotland got to this point. If you go way back in history, about 100 years after Jesus dies... There's an emperor named Hadrian, and the Roman Empire was expanding and expanding and becoming massive. The, the empire comes, it, it, it takes all of England, and then they get to Scotland. And they step foot into Scotland, and they're met by these guys that have painted their faces blue, their bodies blue, and they're running into battle buck naked. And the Romans were... <laughs> 
the Romans met their match. They hit these guys and they thought, who the heck are these guys? And they thought they were demonized. And chances are they probably were. They were, at that time there wasn't a Scotland back then. It was just a chunk of land and there were the picks there. But the Romans got there and they just thought, you know what? Why don't we just draw the line here? And they did that. They literally built a wall from coast to coast. A huge wall, kind of like the Great Wall of China, not, not coast to coast in that far. But they build this massive wall from coast to coast and they say, this is it. This is the extent of the empire. We're not going to go any farther because we don't want to mess with those guys. And they'd, they'd, kind of, they'd gotten pretty thinned out anyway at that point, but they just thought, well, let's just draw the line here. Well, anyway, what that did was it created a pocket. Along with the Roman Empire came the Roman Church and the Roman way of doing Christianity, the Roman way of doing church, which wasn't anything like the New Testament way of doing church. It was imposed on people, and, and it was done in the Roman way. But when they drew that line and built that wall, it created a chunk of land, Scotland and Ireland, that went untouched. There's a guy named Patrick that a couple hundred years later that was, that was a, um, an English, he was, he was a Roman citizen, but he was, he was um, kind of a British person. And out of a pretty wealthy family, 16 years old, he gets captured by the Irish, taken to Ireland. And for him, that was it. There's no, there's no escaping Ireland back then. And he was there for six years. And in that time, he found God. He, he was set out on the hills looking after sheep. I, I imagine it must have been a whole lot like David's experience. He found God, and, and bizarrely, he fell in love with the people that were his captors. He learned their language. He learned their culture. He learned everything about them. Six years into his captivity, he has a vision from God. And God says, travel a couple hundred miles to the coast, and there's going to be a boat waiting for you. The whole thing was just a death wish for him. If anybody saw him, he'd be put straight to death. But it was a supernatural event. He, he goes, he follows God, he gets there, there's a boat waiting for him, it takes him back to England, he's free. Soon as he gets back to England, he has a vision, an open vision, and he sees these people from Ireland calling him back and saying, would you come and bring the gospel to us? And so he goes and gets some training and he goes back to Ireland with the gospel. But the Rome didn't want to have anything to do with it. He said, let's go. They're like, we don't go there. Those guys are crazy. They're barbarians. They're beyond what we want to reach out to. And so he just left them to it. And, um, and so Patrick goes to Ireland with, um, with who he is. He's not carrying the Roman package. He knows the people. He knows their language, their culture. And so he takes what they're doing and, and he shifts it, and he said, you're doing some of the right thing. You're worshiping, but your, your focus is wrong. And he shifted it towards God, but he redeemed some of their practices that they were doing. And what happened was, you ended up with a very um, culturally based Christianity that, that was totally relevant to the people and didn't cause them to push away all their practices, but allowed them to shift their, where they worshipped nature. He said, no, worship the Creator. Still have a reverence for nature because that's, that's your livelihood, but worship the Creator and appreciate the creation. And anyway, and so what developed out of there was the Celtic church in Ireland. It was this amazing church that developed out of that. And a um, couple hundred years, well, no, about a hundred years after Patrick, a guy named Columba, comes across to Scotland 
with the same vision. He parks himself on this tiny little island in the middle of nowhere, and he establishes a Celtic community, and he says, we're going to reach this whole land. It's the same guys that the Romans said, uh, no way. It's still these bizarre, crazy guys that, that were fierce, um, that were demonized. And he says, we're going to reach all of them. And he did it. Because he, he came with the gospel in a relevant way, in a, in a way that the people could understand it, and he came with the power of the Holy Spirit. When you read the story of Columba and some of these early Celtic saints, they operated at an amazing level of the, the power of the Holy Spirit. They, they were healings, miracles, signs and wonders, words of knowledge, prophetic, almost on a biblical scale. You read the books about these guys, and that's what they moved in. And what struck me when, when I had been praying about Scotland and, and God, why Scotland? God said, you look at Scotland now and it's spiritually, it's dead, it's boring, it's irrelevant, it's lifeless. The vast majority of the church. But God said, you know what, this is the foundation. This is what I, this, this is the foundation I laid. Relevant, relational evangelism and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the church being naturally supernatural. And so I believe that's what, um, that, that's what we've started to step into. And when the team came across to work with us, there's a ministry that's um, developed over the, about the last three or four years. And it revolves around um, <laughs> operating, releasing the kingdom of God in the community. And God's, I'll have to, if you're interested, I'll have to share um, at another time what that looks like. But basically what God's doing is we're seeing healings. We're seeing incredible Clarity in words of knowledge and, and prophetic. When we're sharing with people, God's just, you read their mail and you give them a picture of what God's doing. And um, before we came here, we had two outreach events. One with the, the team that came and another one the week afterwards. Every single person that we shared with, and, and uh, well, I say we, that I personally shared with in, in my group, it was dead on and they were just undone. And we had, in the course of a couple weeks, um, close to 20 people get saved. These are people that are into witchcraft and into the occult and stuff, and they get saved because they had this incredible encounter with God. They didn't just hear about God, they encountered God. And that's what God is releasing, and that's what we personally are beginning to step into because God said, this is the foundation. We have all authority as Christians to call that back. It doesn't matter what people have messed it up with today. As Christians, we can look and say, you know what? I'm going to call forth what these guys saw when they came to Scotland. And so over there, it's a really exciting time of seeing God do tons of crazy stuff. And I believe it's just, we've had prophetic words that have said what's been seen in Scotland is nothing compared to what we're about to see. And we're at that point right now. So I've rushed a little bit with with that bit because I I want to share two things. Um, the lady that, that started this ministry was telling a story the other, uh, telling me a story, and she said she had gone to a wedding um, a few months ago, and at the wedding this was just a real Scottish couple. They were a couple that just Scottish to the core, and so at their reception, when the bride and groom were presented at the reception, they played a song. And so I want to play this song for you this morning, 
But I want you to have this image, because when I heard this song, I just had this sense of God saying, okay, there's going to be a wedding banquet in heaven, and the bride is going to be presented to Jesus. And all these different nations, the bride is going to be coming to Jesus. And I just have this picture. It's going to be an amazing time for all of us. But I just have a sense when God calls Scotland, when the father stands up and he says, Jesus, I want to present to you your bride from Scotland. I think it's going to be crazy. I think there's something that's going to be unleashed in heaven when this takes place. Because this is God's bride that was faithful and unfaithful and faithful and unfaithful. And it's going to be an exciting time when God calls forth Scotland and presents her to Jesus. And so go ahead and play the song. And while he's playing the song, have that image in your mind. And I'm going to get the, the couple gifts that I'm going to give to you as a church. Turn it up a little bit.
I just love that song because it just gives me, when I, when I just picture Scotland being presented to Jesus, I just picture this, the music in Scotland can get into your blood. And it, it's really, it's compelling and it, and it stirs you. Um, when we were coming over here, I was praying and God said, I want you to take a couple gifts to Vintage. And the first thing he told me to get was, was a Claymore sword. And this is the sword that they, that they used in the Highlands of Scotland. This is the sword that, that William Wallace would have used. Um, the only difference is this one's pretty short. The original ones would have been six to seven feet long. Um, the reason I'm an intercessor, like I said, and the reason I wanted, I, w- I wanted to give you a sword, and I felt like God led me to bring a sword, was because when you hold a sword in your hand like this, I don't know, maybe it's just a guy thing, <laughs> but you have a sense of power when, literally, when you're holding this sword, you think, you know, I can take some things on with this sword. And what God said to me was, that's the vision I want you to have. When you're praying for us, we have spiritual authority. The demonic realm is literally fearful of us. When we step into the authority that we have in Christ, we, we shake things up in the heavenlies. And so, I wanted to give you a symbol of that. One, when you're praying for us or when you're praying for, for any circumstance, when you're praying for other missionaries, to, I just want you to envision picking up this sword when you're getting ready. It's heavy. When you're getting ready to pray, because we have an incredible sense of power. Um, there's a guy, I don't know if Steve's ever mentioned him, named Rick Bonfim. And um, he was a, this real short Brazilian guy. But man, he had a sense of spiritual authority. And I remember he said one time, he said, when I wake up and put my feet on the floor, he said, the demons in hell shudder because they know that a man of God just got out of bed. And I think, you know what? That's the sense I want to have of my spiritual authority. Because that's true. That's, he had a grasp on reality. He wasn't being clever. He had a grasp on reality. And that's what we need to get into our system. So I wanted to give you this as a gift. Um, a gift from Scotland. A, a gift that, that hopefully conjure, conjure up images of, of Scotland. Um, but also that will give you a picture of, uh, of when you're praying for us. Um, and, and also, you guys have fought with us for the last year and a half. When, when we became part of the Vintage family, you guys have fought for us in prayer. And we appreciate that. The other gift I wanted to give you was a walking stick. Because as well as fighting for us as a church, a lot of you have walked with us as individuals, as friends over the years, um, as people that, uh, that have prayed for us, as people that have you know, partnered with us and, and given to us financially and things like that. Um, some of you guys have walked with us on this journey. And as a church, we want to bless you and thank you and recognize that you fought for us. And as individuals, we want to invite you to walk with us. Um, whatever that looks like. You know, praying for us, just being in touch with us, hearing what we're doing, supporting us financially. Um, and so what we've done, there's a handful of people that, that we know relationally here that have begun walking with us. And so I, I wood-burned, I made this out of a stick um, from the woods around our house, and, and I've wood-burned the names of the people in the church that have, that have stood with us and walked with us. And we just want to invite you. I don't know how it would work out, but if you want to add your name to this, um, we'll find somebody over here that has a, <laughs> a wood-burner. Um, but we want to invite you 
to join us in this journey personally and, and to walk with us and, and, to, and to put your name on here um, so that you can be part uh, of us in a, even a more tangible way. Um, I just want to, Steve, if you want to come up, I want to give these to you. And I just want to pray over you with this sword and just release um, what God's doing in Scotland. I just want to, I want to seal this divine connection. <laughs> yeah. So, Father, whew, Father, I thank you for what you're doing um, in this family here. I thank you, Lord, how you have knit us into this family, Lord, and how you have extended this family to the nation of Scotland. Father, I thank you that even the team that came, Lord, um, released something of what's going on here. They, they took that with them and they released that in Scotland. And, Lord, I believe that they um, picked up some things of what you're doing in Scotland to bring back here. Father, we just want to ask for this divine transference, Lord, from, from here to the nation of Scotland and from Scotland back to here, Lord, that you would just um, release the things that you're doing, Father. And just that you would strengthen this union between us and Vintage and between um, this church and with the nation of Scotland. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing. I bless you and thank you for the opportunity to be a part of it. And, and Lord, I do pray for that day, Lord, when this church walks in such a, 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 um, a tangible and a real sense of the kingdom of God, that there would be people lining up, Father, to share testimonies of the supernatural work of God in this place. Lord, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.